0: Hello and welcome to the Displaced African Podcast. The Displaced African is the African immigrant's personal development blog. It can be found at www.thedisplacedafrican.com. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you are having an absolutely magnificent day. Yesterday, I interviewed Steve Pavlina, the world's largest personal development blogger. If you did not listen to that podcast, please listen to it. Steve Pavlina, just to put it in perspective, he was writing recently on his blog that he's soon going to be doing consulting for $500. I had him on the phone, so consider that 500 bucks Absolutely free, 100% free from the man himself. Very useful stuff. He's a great guy who reached out to an up-and-coming bloggers and podcasters such as myself. So I really appreciate that. I hope you appreciate that and got a lot of value from it. Um, what I did today, I just thought I'd do because um, Steve was so nice to, as to send me a free copy of his book, allow me to interview him. So what I did is... <coughs> excuse me. Rather than just having one day where I interviewed him, what I did is I had a two-day Steve-a-thon, or what I like to call the two days of Steve. So what I did today is I got my good friend, Coach Caroline, on the phone, and it was more, more like a radio show than a podcast. We just talked about what we liked about the book, what I would have changed, just to have some contrast in there, things that really deeply resonated with us, and hopefully you'll see a reflection of yourself in all this. Um, if uh, you want to go back and see the other podcasts that have come before this, the website is com and you can go to the Displaced African Podcast. And as I release this, um, this should be coming out on the 21st of October, I have just released my... Uh my, my brand new podcasting course which is www.mypodcastingtutor.com My first ever online product so I'm very excited about that So if you want to check that out it's www.mypodcastingtutor.com I hope, I hope, I hope this interview is of value to you Any feedback, any tips, hit the contact me button Let me know what's on your mind or leave a comment Alright, have an absolutely magnificent day This is Mwangi here, bye bye Mwangi from The Displaced African and I am here with Coach Caroline How are you? Hi, Wangi. Uh Hello, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, and you? I'm
0: okay, I cannot complain, I cannot complain.
1: That's great, (laughs) that's great.
0: So we are here, of course, to review Personal Development for Smart People, The Conscious Pursuit of Personal Growth by Steve Pavlina. So, the first question would be, what did you like about the book?
1: I liked so many things about the book. First of all, the book, just the title by itself, really appeals to um, a state of higher consciousness. You know, it's um, the fact that it just mentions a conscious pursuit of personal growth for smart people. That alone just kind of, you know, places anybody in a position to think that they can be better than what they are. Or if you already know that you're smart, you know that this is the right book for you. So I thought that uh, the title was really specific for the right target and for people who are actual who actually believe that they can you know there's a conscious way of achieving things so i really like the title that was the first thing because it was very direct and it was it immediately called to people who know what they're looking for and that was really something that attracted me to the book and then i was looking for to see whether the uh, uh, steve would um achieve the goals of his book and in the in his introduction he had mentioned that the goal of the book was basically to teach people how to bring all areas of their lives into alignment with the universal principles that he had mentioned in the book and just are, through, by reading the book truth, which are um, truth, yeah, truth love, pa- love and yeah, power. yes yeah truth love and power and i as i read the book i saw how everything tied in together to achieve this goal. So I think that he achieved the goal of this book just by the way he proper, uh, properly um, articulated his points and how he tied everything else that matters so much to the human life, like career, health, relationship. He tied everything together perfectly and everything meshed in to help him achieve this goal. I think that was um, fantastic. And then he also said that he, may, he, he, also, he had also mentioned in the book that he answer, wanted to answer a really tough question. And the question was, what does it mean for us to grow as conscious human beings? And how do we intelligently guide that process? I think he really need, uh, hit the, um, it out of the ballpark. I like be- this.
0: Be- yeah, continue.
1: Yeah, besides the fact that he, he, wrote, he articulated the universal principles, which are love, power, and truth. He also went for ahead and mentioned the blocks to all these particular um, things. And then he showed people how to connect more easily to these principles. And then he had like a wide array of exercises, which really, at the end of the day, it's all about doing. So he not only ma- identified the principles, he also identified the the blocks to those particular principles. And then finally, he had like... So many exercises, different kinds of exercises, that enables anybody who is really seriously in pursuit of personal growth to take steps toward, you know, bettering their lives. And I I think I love that was perfect. And I think he answered that tough question that he had set out to achieve when he started writing this book. Okay. So I really like that about him.
0: Okay. So those those are the main things that you'd say you like. Yes. So I guess okay. Um, going back now to the stuff that you said you like, what who do you think the book was targeting?
1: I think um, the book was targeting not just. I mean, the book is actually very useful to anybody who wants to read the book because Steve actually is very open. You know, when you are open, you 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 speak your truth. And he was open about his life and the things that he had done, which is very, anybody can relate to those things. You know, you make mistakes in life and then you pick yourself up and, and go about and do it. But for the other reader who actually not only wants to hear stories about how people have just achieved things, the person who wants to do this particular thing, the smart person who he was trying to target, I think this book...
0: So who is a smart person?
1: The smart person is a person, in my opinion who actually takes action and does these things to, to get to the next level. It's not the person who just wants to read about people's personal stories, about how people have suffered and how they survived, but the person who's actually consciously trying to change his life and doing the things that need to be done to change their lives. And I think that is a smart person that Steve was targeting. I, that's my opinion.
0: Okay. Yes. All right. So now I'll give the stuff that I personally liked about the book. Yeah the the main thing that I absolutely loved about the book was that it it's he really focused on taking action, as that that I, I cannot um, that that I cannot uh, emphasize enough how much I loved the fact that he there were exercises at the end of everything it wasn't just an abstract discussion of because you know he also talks about things like oneness a principle of oneness, yeah. and I like the fact that he didn't leave it as just a fluffy concept that he he brought it down to earth and he taught you how to apply it and what the consequences will be in your life. Once exactly. you actually, and I, I, I love that. And of course he talks about the blocks. So what, what are the things that tend to stop you and how to get rid of that? So how to take, so action, action. It's one of those books where you can actually read it and take action immediately you finish like reading even a chapter. Cause every chapter ends with a way to take action. So, yes, I, I love that, that, I absolutely love that. And at the beginning of the book, he actually said that, um he, he, he wouldn't be happy with the book if you didn't have an aha moment, if he didn't surprise you throughout the book, if you didn't get to points where he didn't, where he taught you something new. Yeah. And to be, to be honest, when I started reading the, the book, because I've, I've read quite a few, you know, personal development stuff, I read the blogs all the time, I yeah. thought that I had kind of read it all before, but, yeah. He was right. He, he there was actually a lot in this book I never would have seen otherwise. This though this way of looking at personal development is actually very I've never seen it before really. I've never heard of it. So he actually looked at this topic in a very new way and um that it's it's and another thing that I really liked was that he focused on money on its own. Yeah. Because it's one of those things which you because um a lot Steve is very um he's He's quite Eastern in his philosophy in a lot of ways. He's very, you know, he's he's quite Eastern in the, way, in the way his way of thinking. And a lot of people who are into Eastern philosophy, and even a lot of people who are into Western philosophy, just don't like talking about money. They look at it as though it is, it is the devil's. Mistress or something like that. They just don't want to touch it. They don't want to think about it. It's one of those things that the less they can talk about it, the better. But Steve actually tackled it head on. He said, this is what it is and this is why, how he should think about it. This is what I've done in my life. And he actually took it head on. And I, that's another thing that I absolutely like that he actually took on, he takes on the material stuff in the, in life. He didn't just take on the spiritual stuff. He didn't just take on the relationship stuff though he did. He didn't just take on the emotional stuff. He took on something Um, as important yet as often neglected as money and that, that was huge for me. Yes, yes. So I guess those would, those would be the, like off the top of my head, some of the main things that I really, really absolutely loved about the book, um, going, as I went through it.
1: Yeah, and, and then also that now that I'm thinking about it, um, the way he, like, even the subcategories of the book, you know, when you talk about the main topic, um, of, let's say he, something about truth. Then he would go further on to say, maybe talk about even the, the, blo- the blocks to truth itself. Just by reading each chapter and each subcategory, those, ena- those were, had enough content and they were so detailed, enough to, to propel like, soul searching to the reader. A reader. I mean, you'd just be reading the book. I'd be reading the book and just, you'd probably be talking about something like um, accuracy or acceptance as one of the key components of truth. Just by reading that topic of acceptance itself was enough to like cause me to stop and really think about my life, you know, and really think about it was actually um, a topic. Actually, that topic of acceptance was one that really caused me to to really reflect on my life and that is the truth for most people that you know it's not only truth but you have to go through these stages and then you have to accept the truth for me that's like the most fundamental thing you have to accept that this is the position and this is the truth Mm -hmm. of things so he would like break it down break down the main topic into these little subtopics and each of these subtopics are powerful on their own to be able to induce changes in a person so you don't really have to read the whole book just the little um uh, top subtopics that he has under the main topic are enough for me. Were enough to really propel, like soul searching, and cause you to really want to change something, and even cause you to want to look for the exercise. How can I change this? How what do I need to do? He had all these little personal examples that were so relatable. I mean, when he was talking about things that were happening in his own life, and even things that happened with his wife, and how he resolved those issues. You know, it was just the book was rich in example. The subcategories were powerful in themselves. I mean, sometimes, you know, you have to read the whole book in order to understand the, the whole topic. But yep. for Steve, the, his writing style, just, you know, just little um, uh, subcategories were enough to just sit down and meditate. You'd you just be like, well, I'm going to just think about this whole point that is made about acceptance. That in itself was so full and so rich and so complete. Yep. That's how I felt when I read the book
0: yeah and i if I was actually to say who I think the book would be targeting, I actually think if this is the first personal development book you ever read, this would be a great foundation as as the first one you'd read because it's 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 it really does give you a context within which to view all other personal development books i mean and he he was right he actually did give you something that brought everything together which, yeah uh, to be honest as in when I first started reading, I didn't think he'd actually be able to do that. But he did. I mean, if this is the first personal development book you give to like a fifteen-year-old or a fourteen-year-old, or even as you read as an adult, this is a great foundation book for you to get the principles in your mind right. For you to get the habits that would really help move you forward. So yeah. yeah, all right. And before the the call, of course, I asked you. You know, we should we should give like four things we like and three things we don't like. And you actually said you had nothing that you would change about the book. So I am the only one who has like three things that, like I w- I would say as like improvement things that I wish were there that weren't. Yeah. And the the f- the first one would be it's the the book was actually written. I have you ever read his have you read his blog? A lot of his blog.
1: Well, I I used to read the be on the forums actually. Okay, but oh, this, yeah.
0: And b- the blog? Did you read much of the blog? or Just a few articles.
1: No, no, just a few articles. Okay, Um
0: well I've read, I've read quite a bit of his blog and I'm one of his subscribers and stuff and one thing about the, the book is, if you read, if you read the blog, if you're a Steve Pavlina blog fan, you will love the book because he wrote the book, it's kind of like a very, very long post. The way the book was written was, that's how he wrote it. It's like he had yeah. this one thing of let me take personal development and break it down to its fundamental blocks. And that's let me write one long post on what these fundamental blocks are and how to apply them in your life. And that's what the book, it felt like it was very, one long post. So if you love Steve Pavlina's blog, you love the book. As in that just goes without saying, because he writes exactly the same. But that having been said, though, it, it, it didn't feel like, like other books, I guess. It's just because of expectations. I guess the main thing that wasn't there was stories. You know, like the way when you read like most books, they have stories like in between. Just It seems like metaphorical stories about, you know, like they'll have a story about, I don't know, about something that happened in China. Then they'll have a personal story. Then they mix in all types of different stories. Yeah. That was one like tiny little thing that made – it felt like it really did – it felt like it was a long post, I guess, which – it's a good thing for, I guess, it's a good thing for people who love his blog already and love, and I mean, the book is good on its own. I mean, don't get it wrong. It's just, it's one of those things where don't come into it thinking that you're going to read a book book. It's not a book book. It's a very different type of book, I guess. That's it's how I'd put it. It's a different type yeah. of book. Um, What else is there? Uh,
1: but I did think that he had a lot of personal stories. I think he just hit the right note with the the balance with the stories. I I, I, I mean, just the way he shared his life and, you know, his story and about his experiences and with his businesses and, you know, the things he did and how he just transitioned it. For me, I found that the storytelling was a really, really important. I really did think he had like he hit the right balance on on the storytelling. Like, why would I want to hear about other things that are not relating to his life when he's here telling me exactly how he moved from point A to point B in his own personal life? And all the experiences that he's had with his wife and his own relationship and his, with his blog to get him to the point where he is today. So I really felt that if you're reading this book and he was actually explaining all these things and how they were happening in his life and how he got to this point, that it was just enough to get anybody excited about you know, changing their own lives.
0: I'm just I'm one of those uh, those people who just goes into a trance when I read stories. It's much really, yeah. It's much it's much harder for me to read um like like um the technical stuff. I still read it, but a story is one of those things that it's I I, I don't even have to try to read a story. As soon as I start reading a story, that's it. I don't I don't see words. I just see the pictures. So whereas when I'm reading the technical stuff, I'll think about it, then I'll stop. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, then I'll, I'll think about how it applies in life. I I might take a bit of a walk, thinking about it. But a story, I'll just be there from the beginning to the end. That's so I guess it's it's one of those things which a story just helps you pull people in and put them into a trance, and and it it, it kind of gets the point across in very very subtle ways, I guess. Which is, yeah, that's one of the cool th- like I it's um like the the story I was thinking about. There's a story that I remember I heard once about how um it's it's, a, it's okay it's a very very long story about this about okay there was this there was this community and they had this it's it's just, it's actually a chinese story eastern philosophy story there was this community i don't know if you've heard this story where they um they had this golden uh, statue of buddha Mm-hmm. And what is happening is though this, these guys are about to come and invade the country. So they were, they were about to come, they were about to come. These guys are like, oh my goodness, we have this golden statue, we must protect it because we must protect a statue of the Buddha. So what they did is they took um, a lot of mud, and uh, they took all the dirt, all the earth, all the mud and they just caked it. They covered the Buddha completely as much as they could. And so what happened is these guys came, they invaded the place. Um, these guys by this point had run away. And I actually don't. I don't even know if I'm telling this story right. Anyway, these guys came. The, the guys ran away, and then they found this. They found this. This. This caked statue of the Buddha. They're like that's worth nothing, so they moved on. So these guys came back, and um, they actually forgot to remove the caking from the Buddha. So what happened is that ge- that generation died, and they still had that that statue with the caked statue of the Buddha. The Second generation died. Third generation died. So four generations later, this kid is playing right next to the statue of the Buddha. And I don't know, maybe they were playing football. I don't know what they were playing. But this guy threw a stone at, at, the, at, the, at, at, at the kid. It missed and it hit the Buddha. So a bit of it cracked. So the kid goes, looks at the crack. He's like, my God, it's gold. So he goes, they, so they go, they're like, oh my goodness, it's gold. Then they scrape through it. And lo and behold, it's a statue, a golden statue of the Buddha. And the metaphor of that story is that you shouldn't um, try to hide who you are because it'll just get lost and i know i told that story very badly but that story the first time i heard it i was in a trance i don't even like stories about the about the buddha or eastern but that that one just held me in and i've never forgotten it until this day i've never forgotten how i felt i I, I, obviously i've forgotten the story but i never forgot how i felt the trance yeah so that's that's i guess that's one of the reasons why i I, like when he, when he told his stories about like how he went to prison and like if you read his blog he actually there's a, a post where he talks about his life story and that's yeah. one of my favorite posts from Steve and I like his 30 day challenges because I, I like I just, I, I like yeah. stories I personally I love stories. Yeah.
1: So then maybe you would say that now it depends on the kind of learning method that any individual has, you know.
0: Yeah. I, if
1: you like stories, then you know.
0: Yeah. If you if you like stories, the book will still be good. It still has stories, but it's not. As heavy on stories as other books, that's for sure. It's just not as heavy on stories as like if you compare it with a book like with books like by Anthony Robbins or books by like the last one I read was Four Hour Workweek. Okay. It doesn't have as many stories. Uh, okay. Let's see the other. Th- let's see the other thing is um, because I I grew up I grew up a Christian in Kenya and still very much believe in the church. I almost never agree with Steve when it comes to religion ever. Which is just—it's to be expected. So that's one—that's one little thing. Which the spirituality part didn't have as much. Um, it doesn't resonate with me as heavily when he talks about spirituality, just 'cause I'm not—I don't—I—I um, I like the church. I'm not against the church at all. So that part doesn't resonate as much. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. Um, trying to remember—I I remember the what? Three. So three things. Third thing was. I forget the third thing, Anyway, it doesn't matter in short, the book is great i I mean i just if you if you want if you really want a personal development book, go pick up this book because it's absolutely fantastic
1: yeah, and uh, um just to say something about what you just said about the fact that you don't like the spirituality part. yeah, the good thing about this book is because it it talks about so many different issues, so if you don't like one part, you won't go wrong if you read other parts or if you find something else that you like in the book, you know. maybe the spirituality part won't resonate with you but other parts surely will for sure because yeah he's not only talking about one specific topic he's talking about a variety of topics and then he's there's so many exercises and you know just so much stuff in them that's just worth it yep even on their own you can just decide i would maybe i would not be interested in finances or anything like that but i'm interested in spirituality and how will that help me you know how will like, I grow just by reading that aspect of spirituality? So if it, it resonates and it works for me, then that's fine. If it doesn't, then there are other things in the book that really, you know, okay. can help. And and one thing I was thinking about before um when I started reading the book, I saw this whole thing of the primary principles of truth, love and power. I was like, Oh Lord, what <laughs> am I reading? I was like <laughs> you know, I'm like, is this like you know what kind of book is this? <laughs> you not know, like when you see that, you just get tired. I was just like, oh no! Yes. I'm reading about truth, love, and power. These are wonderful principles. I mean, because you know, every human being has something inside them that you know, kind of just yeah. knows that guiding principle of truth and love and power. Most religions have something to do with truth, love, and power. And I was thinking, um, I hope this is not like not that I hope, I'm a Christian, I believe in God and everything, all that nice stuff, but I was just thinking that it was something like that. But the twist that he put to this um, principles of truth, love, and power, I mean, the way he just presented these whole principles were in such a way that I have never seen it personally. Maybe there are other personal development books that use these uh, universal principles to bring out Probably a message. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe you could find these things in maybe religious books, uh-huh. you know, but the fact that it's a personal development book that just calls on those, um, aspects of truth, love and power. These are things that everybody knows. Every religion knows. You even know you'll have like an internal, internal radar that tells you what truth is and what love is and what power is. And you know, they're good things, you know, and they're things that people preach about and talk about and you know it within you. So, but the way he put the twist to these words and use them. To write this book and just blow out the whole thing about personal growth, I think was fantastic, actually.
0: Yeah, and you would never have expected that he'd have he'd have power. So, as in, it's it's that was actually quite a surprise that he considers power a cornerstone principle. Because a lot of people, I mean, also, again, because we we have the Christian faith, the Christian faith very much emphasizes humbling of yourself and beca- being meek and being very um, not being powerful, not being it doesn't emphasize power, and that that was, that was that was amazing that he actually emphasized the power of the free will, you know, directed and um, strength, yeah, and yeah. you know, and intention, powerful intention, which was that was cool. I really appreciated that he put that there. So and, yeah, and that actually makes it. I guess it makes it um, also one thing that that does is it makes it equally applicable to both sexes, I guess, because yes. a testosterone-filled male can understand power just as much as you know a woman can understand power. It's not yes, yeah. Yeah, so it's not because I'm, when actually when I first read Truth, Love and Power, I thought it was going to I thought to a large extent it would be like an incense type of affair where you know it would be like reading a book on meditation or reading yeah, yeah. on ESP. But no, it's actually it's it's as you said, it it really can apply to a to a wide, wide variety of people. As long as you love personal development and you're looking for something to teach you the principles of how to move you forward. It will apply. Yes. All right. So what parts really resonated with you, just hit you, like really stuck with you after reading the book?
1: Uh, What stuck with me is actually the universal principles, Uh. especially the, um, the part about truth and the component of acceptance. Because I truly, truly believe in my heart, like I said before, honestly... You might accept the truth, you might know the truth, but be, I mean, but before you accept the truth, there is no way that you can move forward in your life. It usually comes to the point where I have to accept that this is what is. And then, you know. Yeah. Like, I like the part where he said that, you know, never pretend to enjoy a job you hate, you know? Simply accept that that's how things are for now. Even though you can't change things, you should never pretend. To enjoy something you hate, you should never pretend to be ha- Unhappy, you should never pretend that your, your finances are strong when they're really weak. If you want your situation to improve, you must come clean first with yourself and then admit the whole truth.
0: Oh yeah, yep.
1: So that really, for me, and I find that because I say that because I think that's a problem in so many people. People who just deny reality. Maybe it's just the opposite of that. Acceptance, denial. People are <laughs> just living in denial. So it's not for just a river. That's really- <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, it's just acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, and um, as actually, as Anthony Robbins puts it, the three components of being a good leader: see things as they are, not better than they are, not worse than they are, but as they really, really are. Re- yes. See things as they want to be. Yeah. And I forget the third one, but I'll assume it's make it happen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So yeah, no, but yeah, it's it's. The the acceptance thing, by the way, it's it's actually it's one of those things that a lot of people honestly do have a lot of problems with. I don't know if it if it applies to in to other communities as strongly as it does, but for African people, sometimes it's very hard to accept because like there are a lot of things like you know about about African life that are not that acceptable, really. You know the way the poverty thing, the fact that the way we're portrayed on television might have some grain of truth to it. You know that like. Yes, yeah, so, like tiny little things like that. It's, it's something some that are very hard for a lot of people to accept. I mean, you might want to change them. You might not like the fact that they're there. You might want to improve them and be working on improving them. But it seems like a lot of people are just not willing to accept them, But this is where we are now. That, that's yeah. that's just, It's very difficult for people to separate where they want to be from where they are now a lot of the time. And it's, it's very good yeah. cool that you actually you emphasize that. Accept things as they are, not as they want them yeah. to be. Accept them as they are at least you, yeah. you your base level is a place of truth so yeah
1: what else but even in yeah. even in the context of, of personal development when you just thinking about this book if you can't accept that you need personal development there's no way you're going to pick up this book and read it you know yeah so acceptance is just basically even in the context of this book if you have to accept that there's something you need something more in your life and that's also another problem that most people have they don't want to accept the truth that they need help
0: yeah, it's a problem, indeed.
1: Yeah, so I thought that that um, truth aspect of it, and especially the part about acceptance, needed to be blown up in, and even just be a, a huge chapter on its own because
0: it really <laughs> was, yeah,
1: I can see it, it really it, It's hit yeah. off. Yeah, seriously, you wouldn't even be reading these things or be interested in personal development if we didn't know that there was need for change and there was need for improvement and for growth and development. So it all starts from accepting. Get, hear the truth and then accept that this is what is. And then pick up the book and then read the book. And act, take action, like you said.
0: Okay. So what, what else hit home for you?
1: <laughs> I really like that there was an exercise that he had. Um, about how to increase um your authority I think. One of the exercises. Yeah. It was I think the triage. Uh, Is it the triage or the triage triage? I
0: think triage? it's called triage. What else? Triage, yeah. It's it's yeah. R I A G E. We what it doesn't matter. We're saying triage, correctly. Triage. It's correct for us, so it's yeah. correct.
1: Well they say Iraq and we have Iraq, so who knows? <laughs> you know? Iraq, Iraq, Iran, Iran, so yes. well. It's I'm glad you spelt it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> However you want to say it, you say it like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Continue. I like that, yeah, I like that whole, that exercise actually was just for me fantastic. You know, cause how it helps you like organize projects. You know, those who, uh, he had this whole thing on, I don't know if you have the book in front of you, it's like on page 65 he was talking about those who die anyway. Like how they divide patients in three groups when you, in the,
0: Oh, yes, I, I, I remember.
1: That part, yeah, those who will die... In, huh?
0: That part, actually, oddly enough, I didn't understand it. As, I tried to understand it, but I didn't quite get it, this part.
1: I, I think the concept, the concept was basically how to divide, like if you have projects. Like in hospital, they, they say, those who will die anyway. They have people in three groups. There, are those who will die anyway, whether they receive medical attention or not. Then there, are those who will survive anyway, whether they receive medical attention or not. And then there are those who will survive only if they receive timely medical attention. So with all these kinds of things, that's how you can divide your projects. There are projects that will fail to have a significant impact whether you do them or not. And then there are projects that will succeed anyway whether you do them or not. And then there are projects that will have a significant impact only if you complete them in a timely manner. So you have to have that whole thing of what should I do now? Will this one fail, you know? Will this one succeed, whether I do it or not, or whether, you know... So I really, really enjoyed that exercise. I thought it was a, a wonderful way of helping people just, you know, prioritize their lives and, you know, just get things together. Although there were so many wonderful exercises, but this, I think, for me, uh, took the kick. Okay.
0: Me, oddly yeah. enough, the, the, the one thing... Because I'm looking through the notes that I wrote. And mm-hmm. the one thing that, oddly enough, um, had a very, very great impact on me, aside from, you know, the general stuff was actually it wasn't even an exercise it was, just, it was just something that he kind of talked about in passing mm-hmm. and it it was um i forget in what part it was but he was saying that you should seek out people who you're compatible with and the reason what the reason they should do that is because yeah. when you seek out people that you're completely compatible with who energize you much more than anything else you have a strong base of people, so that even if you want to go and approach people you're incompatible with, and you know, become friends with them, you have a strong base to come back to. And yeah. that that by to other people that might seem like it's a small thing, but to me that's a very big thing because, um, one thing I've never really liked about um reading personal development books, Western personal development books, and um, the whole Western personal development movement is the thing of you should get rid of people who um drain you. I've never, ever yeah. liked that because at the core, I'm a people person. I really, really am. I get almost all my energy from people regardless of how obnoxious or annoying they are. So I've always liked being with people and putting people first. That that principle has always stuck in my head that you should always put people first. And so yeah. when I, I used to read that, I was like, yeah, it, it makes sense. And I even tried it once or twice, but it never, ever felt right with me. But when he put when he wrote that, day, it made sense because – you can actually still put people first, but you need a base. You actually need people who will just support you and energize you so that you can actually go out there and, you know, and actually make stuff happen and not be scared yeah. that if this relationship doesn't work out, I'm going to be all alone in this world and everyone is going to eat me and the big bad wolf will come and take me away and all that stuff. So, yeah, but continue.
1: Yeah, that, that's like a harsh way of looking at, at life, your whole principle of When people, I think, my personal opinion is when people say say that you should get rid of people who drain you, they don't really mean, you know, that you should stop being a people person. It's just maybe in terms of your goals because, you know, water finds its own level. Like when you're doing your stuff like with your blog and all the wonderful stuff you're doing, suddenly you'll find people who are rising to meet you up with you at that level. And then there's some people, as soon as you announce this is what I'm, I'm doing, they're just going to, Drop off because they can no longer like keep up with the with on on that level that you're you're in, and just being sometimes hanging around with extra baggage that's pulling you down and distracting you. Maybe that's what it means to get rid of people who drain you, because they take, they distract you, they cause you to lose your focus. They, you know, maybe that's what it really means. No, and they try to, you know. But I guess
0: I didn't like the fact that it was a conscious thing where you'd actually take time, sit down, and say, okay, I have ten friends, Bob, Bill, Mark. Now I don't now Bob every time I go to discuss my ideas Bob cuts me down therefore what I will do is I will no longer hang out with Bill ever again Now this it, it's this is just a, my own personal um yeah. topic thing but I actually don't mind being rejected I really don't If you don't if I'm not of use to you and I I don't help your life and you don't want to hang around me that's fine But I But
1: d- you're the one who reads the 4 hour work week you know you can't waste your time telling Bob stuff you know that why waste your 20 minutes so or- Time, we're talking to Bob who will obviously cut you down maybe you should not tell Bob stuff for example
0: yeah no and that's what I used to, that's what <laughs> that's actually what I much prefer to do just don't tell Bob but still keep exactly. around like if if Bob wants to reject me because he's like you know what you're going too far that's fine with me but I've just I've never ever been comfortable getting rid of people it's just it's never been something that even when I even when I when I tried it one time it just, it, it's not it's not it's not within my character it's just not something I do and
1: I know, but then maybe it's not a physical action. Maybe it's just not telling him. Maybe it's not something physical, like let's cut the friendship. Maybe by not telling him, you're getting rid of that draining influence.
0: Maybe, but that, that's not always the impression I got. But this, but the book now, what the book managed to do is, is it gave, it, it's, it, it, um, it's still. Manage to blend the two where you can still be a people. You can still go out there, but you still need to take care of yourself and have a strong base of people who support you. You just you need that. And personally, it's something I've just never been com- – another thing is another problem I have, and a small neurotic problem I have, is that I, ne- I always hang around people who are better than me. Always. I've never – all through my life, I've never been a leader, really. That's good. It, it, it sounds good but it it brings a problem because it means that i'm not a leader I, even though i'm I was supposed to become someone who I'm sorry to become so self centered at this but I was, i'm more,
1: no 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 no
0: no, but I was one of those people who was meant to become a leader a long time ago, but I never did because I always hung around people who were better than me, and when you hang around people who are better than you they'll they'll constantly remind you that they're better than you so it's when um so the what, what another thing reason that that thing resonated with me was because it, it gave, it makes me one, it makes me more inclined to now become comfortable with becoming a leader and hang around people who, who I might take a leadership position with. Because then I can actually, if I'm a leader of a small group and they energize and strengthen me, I can then go out and, you know, humble myself and, you know, I don't know, form other relationships with other people. And...
1: I don't think, listen, I don't think you're a leader. I think you're such a visionary. I think you, you are a visionary. You do a great job. You lead people like, I really think you're a leader so I'm kind of a bit surprised that you even say that.
0: It's it's just it's the way I think really it's it's odd. It's a it's a neuro, it's a neurotic thing but that's how it is.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's amazing what you're saying because sometimes how you perceive yourself is not how other people perceive you. Like it's completely twisted. I, yeah, that, that's, that's clearly true. (laughs) Yeah, people are just like bowing down and worshipping at your feet and just seeing you as a trendsetter and the visionary, which you are. And here you are thinking, oh my God, I'm not. Other people are much, probably much better than me, which is not true. Like you have your own circle of influence and you have your own leadership abilities within that. And I see it. I'm totally like mesmerized and proud even to know you, like, you know. Yeah,
0: I, th- I, th- I think. And
1: so I'm really <laughs> amazed that you're saying this because, no, you know, it's just leadership in various degrees. It's, you don't have to be all that. You know, you don't have to be Anthony Robbins. You, in your own circle of influence, you're doing a great job as a leader and a trendsetter and a visionary. And you're confident and you, you have this whole thing about, you know, you just do it. You don't even care. You know, you're bold. You're, you know. Thank you. It's really, for me, I'm really impressed by you. I mean, so if you ever thought you're not a leader, of course, you are a leader.
0: Thank you. I think I think at this point people must be saying we should get a room. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh my God! <laughs>
0: but thank you. No, I'm seriously, sorry. thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you are you are a leader. All right. So.
1: And one thing that I also wanted to say yes. in the beginning, you mentioned something about oneness. Yes. Yeah, I was kind of I didn't want to read about that because I thought it was a bit little, a little bit. You know, when when talk about oneness, it's a bit. Something spiritual. I don't know what I was imagining when I saw that.
0: Airy-fairy.
1: Yeah, it's just, oh, goody-goody. People are like flying in the clouds. want. But he mentioned something very, I didn't want to, sometimes you hear a concept and you kind of reject it because you don't want to believe that this thing is possible. You're afraid of what oneness really means to you and what it might force you to deal with Uh or to confront in your own life. But one interesting thing that he said without giving too much away. I think
0: book, you can still s- sell the book.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he was talking about that whole thing about, you know, why should people always assume that they people need to break the ice? For me, that was really um, important. Like when you go into a meeting and people yep. think, oh, maybe we should break the ice. Maybe there really is no ice to break. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Not, Maybe there really is nothing to break. Why do people just assume that people need to break the ice? There's no ice to break. Yeah. And that was like, wow, for me, like, wow, that is really powerful. Yeah. And, and just walk into a place and say, "What's up?" You know, this is what's happening. Just be happy. Just be one with people because everybody is connected to the next person.
0: Yeah. And oddly enough, I've actually been—I I used to—I started doing that when I was much younger, because mm-hmm. it's um like. Uh, it's, it's, we always have this joke with my friend, like whenever, you know, like, like, the way people have problems with names. And the way they say, like, so what, what, what do you do when you don't remember someone's name? And, you know, yeah. and, and someone would give me, like, the technique would be, like, you know, at some point they'd ask, I'm, I'm having this dinner party, and um what name should I write for you? You know, that type of thing. And my, my approach has pretty much always been simple. If you don't know someone's name, just start talking. And at yeah. some point, at some point, for some odd reason, you'll just realize what their name is. Or it'll just, yeah. it'll just come, even if you don't know their name for like the next 10 years, you know their face. They're right there. Just start talking. So, and that's, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, it's, I've always liked that approach to things. If you meet someone for the first time, just start talking and just, yeah. and don't, and don't talk like superficial talk. Just talk as you would talk. Assume that they're your friend and just start yeah, okay. talking. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what would be so hard about asking the person? What their name is in the process. You'd say, like, I, I didn't get your name. You know, what's, what's so hard about it? Why should people assume that there has to be some protocol to follow? That's why I really enjoyed that whole thing about oneness. That's what, there should yep. be no reason why people create all these false imaginary, you know, blocks to communication and to being together with other people. What's so hard about going to say, saying, well, I I didn't get your name. Could you tell it to me again or whatever?
0: Yep. no, it's again, as in he actually took something that I I thought would have been, you know, incest and woo, And he made it he made it tangible. He made it practical. And that was the oneness thing, because, yeah, like the oneness thing was definitely one of those things, which even. Yeah, just people who are not into Eastern philosophy would have the first time they see that like, oh, no, oh, no. He's going to talk about oneness, isn't he? Okay. This is going to be one of those fairy in the cloud type things. But Yes. No, but there's some actually practical, some ideas you can actually apply in life, right, in that, in that section for sure.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: All right. I think we are now on the 40 minutes. So anything, any final things you want to say about the book, things you really liked, things you'd recommend for people who are reading the book?
1: Yeah, just one thing. The one thing I would recommend to anyone who reads this book is this is the, one of the best books with one of the, with the best exercises. If anybody wants to take action in their lives, and if, there's just a plethora of exercises to choose from. And this book will definitely, definitely intelligently help you take steps to pursue personal growth. And um, I think it's a must read for anybody who is smart. I mean, literally, smart. If you want to take steps, if you want to take action, the book has all, every kind of exercise to enable you to, to do that.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, and I think after this, I'll have an interview with Steve. So this will be a very long promotional um, part for Steve's book. So thank you, Caroline, for helping me with this.
1: You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: All right. I th- it's it's nighttime there, correct?
1: Yeah, it's 7.30 here, p.m.
0: All right, well, have a good night. Me, I'll have a good morning.
1: (laughs) Yes, okay. All right. See Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: This has been the Displaced African Podcast. The Displaced African is the African Immigrant's personal development blog. You can find it at www.thedisplacedafrican.com.